Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome back to our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2. Sometimes a door is just a door. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is CT0831, but you can call me Hugs. And this is our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 5, titled Entombed. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we make up more stories about the heart of the mountain, let me introduce you to our experimental crew of ragtag troopers. Uh, first up, he's dropping in from the sky way up high. We have the dopest, dankest dude on Dagobah, CT-1006, but you can call him Joints. Ahoy hoy. I got it ahoy. this week. <laughs> ahoy hoy. We did it, everybody. That's it. Podcast over. We don't even have to... <laughs> Keep going. We got the ahoy hoy. Uh, <laughs> and listen, uh, rounding out our small battalion, we are so glad to have a true... Fr- I can't do the whole thing. <laughs> true friend and war hero joining us, and her name is CTO118, but you can call her Brushstroke. How's it going tonight? It's going good. You are doing such a good job. Don't put yourself down. I was, <laughs> I was try- well, that's very Omega of you uh, to say that. Thank you very much. Um Another side mission episode this week. I I feel like it didn't work for me personally as good as last week's. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. You're, mm-hmm. you're getting some kind nods. Of, kind us. of a buzzer, yeah. a buzzkill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but listen, before we get entombed, uh, let's let's get into this this plot. Our episode five kicks off at a junkyard, um, which is like I think that's Wrecker's and Omega's like favorite place to oh, be yeah. besides there and like the mantel mix stand like those two <laughs> places are their favorite places in the in the galaxy but we start off at a junkyard and we see that they're looking for uh, a spare compressor for the marauder omega and wrecker return to the bar where fee discovers a compass with coordinate markings for something hidden in the kaldar trinary system this sparks omega's interest and she kind of like she puppy dog eyes hunter and the rest of the crew to go exploring fee joins them as they travel to an uncharted planet uh, and hunter is wary of how smitten uh, omega is with fee uh, so what do you think, you know, of Omega's relationship with Fee here? And do you think Hunter is right to kind of be like, hey, maybe keep your distance from this uh, this pirate? Yeah, I mean, I think Fee's not the most trustworthy. I don't know if I am a big fan of her after all, too, because this episode seems to be centering her up as a, another familiar character's role uh, that I'll probably get into later. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, she's shady and Omega seems to uh, way too easily attach herself to these shady powerful women figures in her life and it's just like i don't know if i appreciate that so i'm definitely on hunter's side being like maybe step back a bit yeah i i totally see that point of view she she is um very much a child and in these moments that's when it's revealed most that she's super trusting and doesn't see or doesn't sense that like 
uneasy feeling that you get from pirates specifically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so hopefully she'll learn to, you know, take a step back and really think about the way these people say things. Oh, and it's it's interesting because I think Omega, you know, you have to imagine putting yourself in her shoes, right? In her, her little tiny shoes and just sort of, you know, she wants something different at this point in her, in her you know, life so far it's not a long life so far but but just the fact that like you know I think she's gained a sense of bravery like we've discussed in past weeks and this this sense of adventure um that she feels you know maybe she feels like the Bad Batch is starting to lose it or at least Hunter is starting to lose that sense of adventure and that sense of of fun and I think she sees Fee as someone you know even more exciting in this moment than her own space dad's Right. And I think yeah. she wants to maybe have some fun and, and not just do missions all the time. And I think that's kind of where her eyes light up. And so in a way, Fee is almost like this escape for her. Uh, and I think that's a similar feeling to how she feels about Sid, like we talked about last week with with sort of her relationship with Sid. Also, I would love to point out the music at the very, very beginning of the episode when um, Omega and Wrecker are sort of scrapping through that huge heap of junk. Uh, it felt very nostalgic to the first three episodes of like the films. Um, I don't know why, but there was this air about the the like strings the sound of the music yeah. was very nostalgic and i i love when that kind of stuff pops up in shows like this where it's current it's a new era it's past order oh well but i guess it's kind of the same generation as the as episodes four five six <laughs> um mm -hmm. right yeah well and you know it's 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 i think it's um there's an air of nostalgia whenever we're on like a desert planet, right? Like yeah. that, that junkyard looked very much like it was on a deserty planet. And it's like, yeah, that's going to happen. You mix in some John Williams sounding strings and yeah, you're going to be taken <laughs> uh, right back to that, that place. But I also love, I wanted to just quickly call out cause I think, you know, and well, let, let me just quickly say, we watched this episode together. Megan's, Omega 100% like <laughs> and she gets so excited and her facial reactions to these episodes make me enjoy the episodes more even when it's an episode <laughs> like this where I'm like I'm not too hot on it and just watching her like freak out at certain things was fantastic so thank you so much for that Megan of course. Um, but even in comparison uh, sorry in comparing it to Omega and just how excited she gets about like look what I found yeah. and it's like what is what it? Is she's it? Like, she doesn't even know. <laughs> like she doesn't. She's just excited that she found something, uh, and it's just so. It's so lovely, and it just Omega rocks. It's yeah. so good, so good. Um, but let's let's keep going here. Uh, upon touchdown, the compass activates and draws the crew south, where they discover the entrance of Scara Nall being older than Jedi. Fee tells them that they're going to liberate the heart of the mountain. And after completing a puzzle straight out of like a Zelda game, uh, the crew are trapped. Uh, but Omega solves yet another puzzle, granting them access to a hallway where they run into this terrifying creature. Uh, and while shooting at it, they accidentally shoot down some rocks, causing them to yet again uh, split up. Uh, and, and it's funny because like, we're kind of like it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, oh, they're split up like again. And literally last week we were just saying like, split them up oh, more. Oh, I want them to split up more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, but I think it's the way that they are split up here that feel it to me. It felt a little, 
it didn't feel creative enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It kind of just felt convenient. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm now I'm just a Star Wars fan who's not happy about anything that <laughs> <laughs> they get like most Star Wars fans. Uh, but uh, listen, Omega solves yet another puzzle that allows her and Fee uh, and, and Hunter to get back to the others and eventually gain access to the heart of the mountain. However, after removing the heart, they realize that they're not actually inside a treasure vault but in an ancient mechanized behemoth that starts rampaging and destroying everything in its path, which could include the Marauder, which could strand them there. And if that wasn't bad enough, the monster comes back and attacks them, uh, the monster from earlier. They manage to toss the beast out of the window and replace the heart just in time to shut down the behemoth as it starts breaking apart. Uh, the crew survive the, the behemoth falling in this massive explosion, uh, and they head back to the ship as Fee fills Omega's head with another could-be adventure of the chalice of the kingdom of Elways. Uh, so I know I mostly got through literally the entirety mm-hmm. of the episode there. <laughs> um, so before I get to my questions, if there's anything you guys want to chat about, it's just, I mean... I think the reason I got so quickly through this episode was just because not a lot happens uh, mm-hmm, in yeah. this episode. They kind of sort of just cut to the ending, kind of like what it feels like we're about to do in this watch club. Uh, but before I get to my questions, um, did you guys have any thoughts on on sort of what we saw? Well, initially when they you know figure out that there's a door behind all of those rocks and they start walking in there, there's all these you know, sort of uh, carvings on the wall with the posts. I was like, a Jedi temple? And then she goes, this is before the Jedi. And I went, ah, crap. And then <laughs> the this giant mecha thing starts coming to life. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's not a Jedi temple. It's a tall neck from Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> like, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I literally have that written. I have Horizon Zero Dawn written down. I remember you played the game and I saw that connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a little bit all over the place. I will say it was really fun to watch Omega solve these puzzles with this compass um, on her own with no help from anybody. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, overthinking everything. And like the quote you said at the beginning, sometimes a door is just a door and things are a little more obvious than you would expect. So it was sort of fun to play along this like, quote unquote, escape room that she was doing. Um, And it, it felt very like, sort of national treasure what i wish we got mm-hmm. from national treasure mm-hmm. and from the actual national treasure series <laughs> yeah. yeah and and yeah. very indiana jones the moment that fee pulled that thing out i was like oh is there gonna be like a giant ball coming from somewhere now and they're gonna run and <laughs> um so it sort of played on those mystery puzzle solving films and i liked that inspiration Mm-hmm. I think the biggest gripe with me is the fact that we were introduced to Fia as this pirate in that first episode, and it's like, oh, this is cool. There's going to be some really like neat stories to be told with this character. And then when we finally get a story with the character, it just seems like they're trying to do Dr. Afra from the comics without <laughs> doing Dr. Afra because she's basically she seems more of an archaeologist, like mm-hmm. Indiana Jones style, than a pirate. Like pirates are going out raiding ships. That's in my head, what a pirate does is attack other ships and steal their cargo. So the fact that she's going into these ancient tombs and stuff like that and exploring history almost, it's its like they're trying to do Dr. Aphra and not doing it well because Dr. Aphra is such a good character and we could see her in this timeline. She would just be kind of like a fledgling archaeology student or whatever, getting into trouble across the galaxy. So that to me is a big letdown. And just the fact that this whole 
like ancient civilization. We got like one or two lines on it, and that was it. Like, yeah. what was this civilization that had this automated de- self defense system that just destroys anything it can see? Like, there was there was no explanation as to what they were going into, other than it was a treasure te- like a like a temple, but it's not. Like it that bugged yeah. me a lot. And that's, I think, a huge part of what sort of didn't work for me. I feel like they're usually so good, even in these side mission episodes, of sort of building out the 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 places that they visit or the the you know the extra storylines, even just a little bit more to get our interest peaked, so that if they want to exploit us financially by making <laughs> us buy a comic book in the future that explains all of it, they totally can, and I'm totally fine with it. That's how they do their Star Wars storytelling. But I think to your point, Darcy, it's like. You know, with with what Megan was saying, sometimes a door is just a door. I think they were trying to balance that in the narrative itself of sort of Mm -hmm. being like, it's just an adventure. Don't think too much about it. But then don't say things like older than the Jedi. Do some crazy stuff like that. Show us stuff we've never seen in Star Wars. Don't show us things that we've never seen and then not explain it. That bugs me the most about Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I will say, like, speaking of things that we've never seen in Star Wars, the mech was cool, but it was very un Star Wars like in its design like Megan you called out Horizon Zero Dawn it kind of felt like they were almost going for like a mechanized version of a Ronto uh, if you know what a mm-hmm. Ronto is it's I mean not just the Ronto rap but like it's a, <laughs> it's the thing that you see in in one of the movies is like this giant it, anyway it's like a dinosaur thing look it up um, but it kind of felt like they were like combining that with an at at and I, I think for me it's like I get that it's older or supposedly was older than the Jedi um, so maybe it makes sense for its design language to look very mm-hmm. foreign to what we understand about Star Wars. But at the same time, I was like, Mel is not necessarily the most trustworthy narrator. Like even in the episode, there's a moment where they're like, you know, they, they, Hunter calls her. He's like, you're just making this stuff up. So then at that point, I'm like, well, then is this thing even older than the Jedi? Does it actually make sense to be in our Star Wars galaxy and Again, it was just one of those things where I was just kind of like, ah, just really taken out by something that yeah. should be so cool, um, but really just sort of fell flat for me. I don't know. Again, I'm sounding like a, a complainy, like, not my <laughs> Star Wars, you know, push my glasses up kind of guy. But like, I don't know. It, it needs to make sense for me um, visually and, and I think canonically for it to, to work. I don't know. Yeah, again, a bit more explanation of the history of the object would go a long way to make why it looked the way it did makes sense to us because mm-hmm. if it's from a like before computers and droids became the way to navigate the stars maybe there were these ancient magics or whatever it is that creates this giant laser beam firing giraffe thing like again <laughs> give us more information behind that and i'll be okay with the way it looks and why it's so different but without that it's just like you said very out of place and takes you right out of the whole star wars of it all like it it, it didn't feel like a droid and it didn't feel like a ship yet it's in this universe without any explanation very irksome exactly mm. a little exposition will make it feel like your star wars yeah and i mm-hmm. think it's it's the idea of like like maybe you know what instead of two I'm not a writer and I'm not ever going to say that I'm a good writer but maybe just take take away one puzzle have have only one puzzle instead of two puzzles and then give that other moment in time that little 3 minutes for a little bit more exposition where maybe tech discovers something that actually is true mm-hmm. and it completely maybe invalidates what Fee is making up but then Fee's like hey don't worry about it like let's just have fun kind of you know motif sure that's you know there you go fixed easy mm-hmm. um <laughs> as if I could write any of this <laughs> um, but I also just 
I spent the entire episode worried about Mel. I was so worried about Mel. I'm like, why is she out of the ship at that point? Get her back on the ship. Why did she get destroyed? Like, they just have that throwaway line at the end of Fee just being like, well, I got a backup on the ship. And I'm like, no. Yeah. That's there's no respect for these droids out here. Did we learn nothing from, you know, the not as good Star Wars spin-off, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, Solo, right? Did we learn nothing <laughs> from Solo and uh and the the droid liberation? Like we it's just unfortunate. Hashtag mm-hmm. respect for droids. I think <laughs> we need to figure that out in our Star Wars cuz uh, to just say that there's a backup of Mel somewhere, I'm like no. That wouldn't be the okay. same Mel to me. It didn't. It wouldn't have any of the experiences like right up to that end. Like how recent yeah. is that backup? It, it'd be a completely different droid if you ask me. Yeah, Ugh, unfortunate, unfortunate. Um, so yeah, that's uh, you know, there's there's our feelings on this episode. It's, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not the, again, it's not the most in depth episode, and yet it could have been. Mm-hmm. That's the part I think that's kind of bugging us the most is that it it very well could have been. Don't tease your audience with like older than the Jedi and then just be like, I made it all up. And then nothing ends up happening at the end of the episode. No- nothing matters at the end of this episode. Just it happened and then that's what happened. Yeah. I don't well, know. Like, I don't even know. that moment of tension after they get split up and with uh, Wrecker, Echo, and Tech trying to find their way back. You're like, oh, there's suspense building. Oh, what's around this corner? It's the other three. They yeah. found them. That's it. And it's just like, yeah, oh, that's okay. Could have been a cool little tunnel battle or sequence there, but nope. They're just like... They found the other people, and here we go on the way again. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of this episode was a letdown after some really cool setups. Yeah, it did feel really cookie cutter, like the way the rock mm-hmm. fell between the two groups, and oh, they're separated, and then oh, this yeah. suspenseful music. Oh, they found each other. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's like again. I think the the biggest thing for this because. Anytime we, we, we rip on these episodes, it's like, yeah, it's still fun Star Wars at the end of the day. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, if this was if this was the, the narrative of an escape room, a Star Wars-themed escape room, holy hell, I'd be like, that was so impressive. I had so much fun. But it's it, we're not... I didn't feel like I was living this with them. Mm-hmm. You got hints of it, but it never really felt like we were, like, along for the journey when we're kind of just sitting there kind of feeling like we're you know, watching it from a from a distance and just sort of being like, yeah, okay, yep, that happened. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but listen, let's get to our, our final thoughts and uh, our overall score for this episode, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five hearts of the mountain. Uh, and uh, Megan, we're actually going to start with you this week. Okay. Um, like I said before, I really enjoyed the puzzle parts of it. I... It gave me what I wanted out of the National Treasure series. <laughs> and I liked doing that along with Omega. Watching her figure this all out for herself was really cool. And seeing the the combat between uh, Fee and the Bad Batch and how they just don't agree on the way to go through this mountain or the way to figure things out um, was a plus. However, it faltered because everything felt very cookie cutter. It all sort of just worked out, and we like, you know, the darker episodes that we've previously watched. It's it's exciting when things don't necessarily work out the way they're supposed to for this group. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it kind of sucks to get, like, a happy ending for this episode. Um, well, except for Mel. Except for Mel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it's okay. She's got a backup. <laughs> um, Ugh, again, like, yeah. everything just sort of worked out. So... You know, Mm -hmm. 
I'm doing the opposite of Nate. After this discussion, my score is lowering itself. Oh, I enjoyed whoa. the puzzle so much, but now hearing your opinions and um, discussion through everything, I'm giving this a three out of five hearts of the mountain. So right down the middle then. Yeah. 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 Okay. It was fun, but it was a little lackluster. Yeah. Darcy, what about yourself? Uh, a lot of what Meg said. Again, <laughs> I enjoyed the puzzles. It was cool. Again, the, I got the, the same National Treasure and Indiana Jones vibes from the puzzle aspect, but it was how they were exploring this history and that they weren't exploring it at all. And it was just, I oh, don't worry about it. We'll keep going type thing really bugged me. And it also, again, it almost feels like they were trying to bring in an Afro-like character, but weren't doing it. Right. Again, especially because you could bring in the character of Afra, no problem. Like the Star Wars is no stranger to bringing in teen versions of well-established characters. We see it all the time. So it's just a bit like that much really stuck with me and really brought me out of it. And then the fact that we got the weird looking Star Wars thing with no explanation to why it's there really, really took me out of it. So I think this might be one of my lowest scores for a Bad Batch episode because I'm going down to a 2.5 out of 5 Hearts of the Mountain because... It left it, a lot of cool setups and stuff like that. The first five minutes, I was interested. But as the episode went on, I was more and more disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Darcy, you're, I kind of feel like, and it's not just because you wear glasses uh, and you're, you're <laughs> geeky, but um, I kind of feel like you're the tech of our Bad Batch. And so putting tech and fee in a room together, I don't know how that would really work out. I feel like they kind of would, would clash a little bit just because she'd be like, don't even worry about it, brown eyes. And then he'd be like, oh, yeah, actually, you must worry about it because of the calculations. So I kind of feel like it's similar. I mean, you're mm-hmm. not as, don't worry, you're not no, as. I, hey, I'm, I'm a big science fan in math. I do, I do, yeah. I solve equations for fun because that's the type of guy I am. So I will take that as a compliment, sir. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, this episode was too much filler for me i think Mm -hmm. this was this very much felt like one of those season one sort of episodes that we would we would kind of be like oh no (laughs) um i kept hoping that the treasure and the puzzles that they were solving were going to be connected to something bigger but they just really weren't by the end of the episode and i don't really know if this had any impact on these characters whatsoever um i think it reminded me a lot of um kind of uh episode 13 of season one it's called infested uh, mm-hmm. where Sid takes the crew on a spice hunting mission mm-hmm. and they have to fight a bunch of bugs. But like even that episode had like an interesting side thing with like a gangst gang leader and what had you, you know, with Omega and stuff. Like they still found a way to make that one a little more interesting, whereas this one just kind of felt like the parts of that episode that really didn't work for me. It just didn't hit. Um, I don't know. I think they could have just added a bit more, like we were saying, to what they were actually discovering. Yeah. Make the 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 thing at the end of the, you know, the heart of the mountain, like make that an actual thing. Make it important in any way possible, but it really didn't matter. So yeah. um, I think, honestly, I'm also with you, Darcy. I'm giving this a 2.5 out of 5 hearts of the mountain, and it's mostly for mistreating my girl Mel so badly. I think that's <laughs> the biggest reason <laughs> You know, Dave Filoni, if you don't find a way to bring back Mel and and make her the the hero in some way, I'll be really (laughs) upset. Um, But that is it for this week's episode of Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, listen. You don't have to find a piece of treasure that ultimately doesn't matter and nearly causes the destruction of your ship. Instead, Darcy... Can you let the lovely batches know how to reach us by holla message? 
for sure. They can always reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that's too much like going on a mission to find a treasure you don't understand anything about, you can reach us on uh, Instagram at wearegeekcentric or on Twitter at geekcentricyt. That's absolutely correct. And listen, we have some... Uh, fantastic interviews uh, out at this point. Um, there might even be some new interviews by this point. I don't know. We're recording this in a, in a different, in a galaxy far, far away. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, I definitely think, though, if you are a fan of Bad Batch, you do need to check out our interview with the Bad Batch themselves. I got the chance to sit down with D. Bradley Baker, the voice of Clone Force 99. Uh, and Justin sat down with this series writer, Jennifer Corbett, and supervising director, Brad Rao. So again, subscribe here. Subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric so you can keep up with all the great stuff that we're doing. Um, yeah. Nice little quick episode. Uh, Darcy, Megan, thank you so much for joining us for this Watch Club. And as we say, good, good soldiers, soldiers follow orders. orders. And hopefully it matters. <laughs>